talk about passion. I have a three-point talk today. Point one, passion. Point two, passion matters. And point number three, passion matters to the Lord. So let's start with number one, passion. Passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. Passion can be talked about for hobbies. Passion can be talked about for religious devotion. Passion can be talked about for sexual or romantic love. Synonyms for passion are obsession, preoccupation, a craze, a mania, a hobby horse someone just can't stop talking about. Affection, eagerness, yearning, fire, heat, ardor, devotion, zeal. Oddly, the word passion comes from the same root word that's used to talk about the sufferings of Jesus. I think it's odd that a word for suffering became associated with the most intense form of pleasure. Pleasure or yearning that's so deep that the anticipation of enjoying that pleasure is painful. That's point one. Passion. Point two. Passion matters. When we live life without passion, we are only half living. When we have no desire for whatever it is we're doing with our life, there's something wrong. Now, most of the time, I would view a lack of passion for what we're doing as an indication that our life isn't lined up correctly with our design. But there may be times when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you've created to do, what you're called to do. There's just not that level of passion. Passion matters because without it, we don't fully engage. Passion matters because without it, we don't fully engage and that affects the quality it affects the enjoyment. In a relationship, passion matters. I know we've often said that love is a choice. No, I can choose to act loving towards someone I don't love, but it's only skin deep. Real love is a partnering, an alignment, where the will is making that choice, but there's something more than just the will making the choice. It's a heart that's filled with affection, hopefully passionate affection, for the value, for the preciousness of that object of desire. Let's say the husband chose to stay in a marriage, uh, doing the outward duties that love would do, but didn't feel any of those things. Let's say comes Valentine's Day, and he buys his wife flowers in a card, and he kisses her on the mouth. Will it mean as much without passion? Of course not. Everyone here says, okay, so that's a sham of a marriage. That's a loveless marriage. No, he hasn't cheated on her, yet. But it's a shell without passion. Passion matters. Okay, third point. Passion matters to the Lord. One of the most quoted verses in the Bible is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, 
And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Now that is fascinating. The most important verse that Jewish families teach their kids to quote, to say every day, and the one that they quote and say every day, this one, the Shema, hits that the highest requirement or first step of what it is to to belong to God is that he wants all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. That's fascinating right there. Because that description of all, or that modifier of all, it's what is it talking about? It's talking about passion. When Elisha got really old, and he was on his deathbed, a king named Jehoash came to him and was seeking a word because he was in a conflict with some neighboring countries. And Elisha had him perform some symbolic action. He said, hey, take this bow and arrow and shoot it out this window. And he declared what it meant, okay? God's going to give you victory over that people over there. And he said, take the arrows and strike them on the ground. And so the king took the arrows and smacked the ground three times. And then it says Elisha was angry. It says the man of God was angry at the king because he only struck the ground three times. He says, man, if you'd have struck the ground five or six times, the Lord would have given you complete victory over your enemies. But now... Because you only struck the ground three times, they're going to remain in the land and they're always going to be a problem for us. Apparently, the prophet understood this. Passion matters to the Lord. Casual prayers get casual answers. And with this story, there was a a season when I had been studying all these revivalists and reading their narratives, the stories of them coming up against what they perceived of as a limitation or a lack in their life. Something's missing. There's more. I've read it in the book. There's more. The more I read, the more I wanted more. I went up to this conference. People stood up to talk about God breaking through. People healed in parking lots and orphan spirits breaking off and Holy Spirit encounters and fully engaging and entering into the grace and the love Things that were doctrine becoming realities. Things that you knew in your head becoming facts that you possess in your heart. Things that were theory becoming real and tangible. I saw people healed in front of my eyes, like, consistently. And as we worshipped and as we taught and as they laid hands on people, I, I got hungrier and hungrier. It was almost like the more I tasted, the more I hungered. The more I felt, the more I wanted to feel. The more I was aware of God, the more painful the yearning for a greater awareness became. It was pleasurable and it was painful. I honestly don't have any other thing on the planet that has ever brought me the level of fulfillment and there's nothing that comes close. The closest that I can even point to in terms of full immersion of experience is literally psychedelic drugs back in my teens. And that's not even the same. This is better. You can't sell me on faith as a worldview and a set of ethics and a hope that in the afterlife it will have mattered. I'm, I'm in too deep. I have felt, experienced, heard God's voice. I've just, I'm in too deep. You can't argue me out of mystical. 
Christianity. I'm a mystic. To me, my mysticism is part and parcel with my Christianity. You cannot separate the two because I know Jesus through my experiences of Jesus. And to me, the Bible is a handbook to guide experiences, not just a handbook to guide belief systems. Anyway, so that week they were, they were taking questions, Q&A questions, and we were supposed to write our questions on these little pieces of paper and hand them in. My question was pretty pathetic. It was something like, I'm desperate for more. I don't know how I can even live like this. I'm miserable. I want him so bad. Please, I'm begging you. What do I do? What do I do? By the end of the week, the presence of God had become a permanent 24-7 reality. He was overwhelmingly physically tangible in the bathroom, in breaks, in the car, in the restaurant, in the hotel. I sit up at night and talk to him and overwhelmed by his presence. I look back on that one week and I say, that may have been the best week of my life. It was heaven on earth. And then I look in my New Testament and I discover, oh, that's actually totally biblical because Paul says that we have the Holy Spirit as a foretaste of what's to come. Heaven starts now for the believer. The kingdom to come, Jesus' lordship, it starts now. Power of the coming age starts now. The love of the coming age starts now. The inheritance of the coming age starts now. We're going to reign fully with Jesus who is Lord. He's currently Lord. Earth hasn't fully acknowledged it, but we are acknowledging it. We're entering into what is already inaugurated, but not yet completed all over the world. And the Holy Spirit comes to make that inauguration of Jesus' kingdom real for us, in us and through us. And what's my point? My point is that that week was a week of not casual prayers. That was a week of prayers that had that were so deep I didn't know how to put them into words. See, now here's another scripture. The Spirit in us prays, and we express those prayers with groans too deep for words. That's passion. So point one, passion. Point two, passion matters. And point three, passion matters to the Lord. And I'm going to put it this way at the end. Because he burns with such passionate desire for his people, when our spirits come alive in him, and we begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's a promise that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. There's a promise those who humble themselves before the mighty hand of God will be exalted in due time. There's a promise that those who ask, those who seek, and those who knock, they'll receive, the door will be open, they'll find. The non-casual hungerer after the Lord will be filled. His passion will meet our passion and the sparks will fly.